Welcome to Shambhavi Spectrum. Today it is my pleasure to have with me here Bina Matthews, Coach Bina, as she is more popularly known. And uh, I have just been reading some of the articles and stuff which she has mentioned about mindfulness. And I am going to hand it over to her to speak more about herself. So thank you for finding the time, Bina, for being here. Uh, and tell me more about yourself, how long you've been an entrepreneur, and what goes behind Bina Matthews. Okay, thanks so much for having me here, Shambhavi. Entirely my pleasure. Uh, what goes behind Bina Matthews is very simple. What you see is what you get. So I have uh, always felt that being authentic to yourself is very important. And uh, also the concept of having just one life to live. You don't get a retake. So you've got to do all that you can do within whatever time is allocated to you, right? So uh, I consciously took a decision since I, I love English and I love writing to try out every possible channel of communication that there is. And I was really blessed that I was able to do it. So as a graduate in journalism and women's studies, and then I went on to do my master's in English literature and uh, then diplomas in advertising, etc. So I've been in advertising, I've been in PR, I've been a journalist, I've uh, headed corporate communication teams. In fact, my last uh, role was uh, in a corporate in Do, where I headed the internal comms team and before that the launch PR team. So I was there for almost 12 years. And uh, I think towards the end of that stint, I realized that I have accomplished pretty much all that I want to in this arena. And you know, when you plateau and then you wake up and your work just isn't bringing you joy anymore. And uh, that obviously went against my ethic of being true to yourself. So it was a case of trying to figure out if not this, then what? Because all my life has been about communication. And uh, something that went on unofficially in parallel was that I was always mentoring people right through. And people had told me very often, you know, you should look into this because you help so many people with this. Why don't you look into formalizing this? And uh, the funny thing is like five years ago, I was the biggest disbeliever in coaching. I, I really thought it's a con job. I'm, I'm very glad you brought it up because I would have asked you the question on this in any case. No, I mean, I, I always bring it up up front because I could not. I, I was a real control freak. And so for me to say, uh, go to some stranger and say, this is my life. Tell me what to do, which is what I thought coaching was, was was really very weird to me, honestly. But then I saw that good friends of mine, a couple of them who I had helped a lot, went in for coaching and I could see the transformation happening in their lives. And uh, this friend, I remember this Emirati friend of mine, she used to come and she say, I am paying this lady thousands to hear the same thing that you tell me. <laughs> but the difference is she has a few techniques. She has tools that help me get over that bump that is preventing me from implementing what you're saying. So what I see is that's what you need. And and seeing the evidence, because I do tend to have an empirical <laughs> approach to life, it was very clear it's working. 
so then i said okay i'll go and give this coaching uh training a shot and you know see what it's all about and i was really lucky that i found the perfect uh training institute mindridge training uh the people the couple who run it they are in the states and they've worked with the founders of nlp so they have over 45 years of experience so uh and they work with the ethic of when you transform one person's life they go on to transform other lives so you're having this ripple effect in the world which resonated with me so uh in the course of being trained i discovered that that was my calling you know i found my purpose my purpose is to help other people find their purpose so uh, i'm very uh, like i mean it's like i said i would have asked you about the word the phrase or the the world of coach you know because it's been used so frequently and like you said sometime back i mean just before the covid time when i when we met people if there were five people there the Three chances coaches. are very <laughs> you said it yeah oh my god shambhavi i'm i have to interrupt you to say just because someone says they are a coach does not yes. mean they are a good coach or a well trained coach yes. so please and, check that so i i would so you know on on continuing on that note so i would really wonder that are there more coaches now than actually people and then of course uh, the pandemic came in and mindfulness became more um, kind of uh, the term empathy became more of a term to be inculcated mm-hmm. in our uh, mm-hmm. thought itself and yes. that kind of at least made me look kindly towards them and said okay you know it's right people do need coaching <laughs> they serve an- some purpose <laughs> <laughs> no another thing which i should say is um i think it was marshall goldsmith i was listening to in one of his uh, live webinars where he said that uh, uh, you should uh, uh, like how sports people have coaches and mentors exactly. why don't people uh, you know even normal people need coaches somebody to guide you and i think that kind of made more sense to me that yes yeah it is right uh, that yes you can look for coaches and you can look even if i'm i know what to do but if somebody affirms it for me it does definitely Uh, yeah help. so if, and if i can explain what coaching is shabhavi yes, that will really do, help you do. and i'll ask uh, you one more question with that sure, sure. Uh, what was the reason that you chose your website to be coach bina please both i would like you to answer both the things okay so coaching actually comes from the victorian uh, form of transportation the coach the point of a coach was literally to take you from where you are to where you want to go that's it and i just love love that explanation because that's what coaching does so where therapy and uh, uh psychiatry are all past facing delving into the source of your issues and you know spending more time in that coaching is forward facing it's all about identifying what you want instead of what you have and then identifying what are the resources you already have and what are the resources you need what is preventing you from getting there so then working out an action plan from how to of how to get from here to there so it's it's very positive it works on the premise that nobody is broken and nobody needs to be fixed and it also works on the premise that all of us have all the resources we need all the answers we need within ourselves so the coach is literally like you know if if you have a uh, Uh, balls of wool and they're all tangled and and you're trying to sort it out in the dark 
and the coach just comes and shines a light and perhaps gives you a few tools to separate them and get them into the pattern they're supposed to be so a coach is an enabling person the coach will not like a consultant come and tell you what to do when i am because that's the joy of being an entrepreneur i can wear as many hats as i want so you know i'm 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 an executive coach i'm a hypnotherapist i'm an energy healer a pranic healer i'm a speaker i'm adjunct faculty in manipal university so you know it's it's uh, very liberating to do everything i want but that's what i found really nice because when i'm a communication consultant i go in and i tell the company what they need to do based on my expertise and experience but as a coach i cannot tell my client what to do i have to bring you to the point where you find your answers i don't know what your answer is it's within you so all i'm doing is guiding you so it's like that vehicle coach you know so we either take the shortest fastest route or you prefer you take the scenic route with a few detours and then we address a few other issues along the way it's entirely client led so tell me one thing so much of information which you take from people and you are constantly processing it and i believe at some point you are emotionally involved uh, with it uh, how does it take your energies away at end of your day do you feel a little sapped or does all that interaction pep you up and make you want to do more that's such a good question because Thanks. that's something that i always tell uh, new coaches and it was a lesson for me because growing up uh, again with this whole helping thing my parents my dad was the head of an international ngo so he managed the whole of asia the subcontinent africa uh, my mom used to help him so growing up we were like constantly working with slum dwellers street uh, uh, you know street dwellers people like that orphans so it was very much a part of who we were that if you have life you have to be of use to someone else yes, and and um so i decided i wanted to be a psychologist or a psychiatrist and my dad told me because i was super empathetic and he told me you will die before your patients and that was true <laughs> because somebody comes and tells me a sad story and i help them but then i couldn't eat for a week and i'd be so depressed and you know so what coaching gave me was the ability to step into coach bina which is why my website is called coach bina and which is why i loved your question it led, <laughs> it led nicely into that so it is not bina matthews who is in that space for her clients it's coach bina so uh, i find that it's very empowering and liberating because once i'm in that space it's not about me i am just holding the space for my client and so uh, actually one of my first clients was uh, a young man who had been uh, sexually abused by his own father and he actually came for coaching about his professional life career development and the subconscious has its own agenda you know we just take it for granted but it's 90% of controlling 90% of what we do and it brought it up and he honestly thought he had got over this issue but as coaches were trained to read the nonverbal communication which is far more than the verbal one as you know so uh in the process of healing that he freed himself up to just 
take quantum leaps ahead in his career so the you know it was really and for me it was like hearing that story and not breaking down which is what bina would do if he had told me as a friend i would have sat and cried but coach bina was able to just be there for him and give him that strength that he needed and i i was just so that's when i decided i'm you know that's my identity when i'm doing my job it's coach bina tell me something uh, bina most of entrepreneurs and businesses run on word of mouth and referrals and testimonials so when you have issues and challenges like this like what you're saying now or you know and uh, people have come out of emerged out of something which they were not even aware was actually dominating their life are they so happy to give testimonials and references and things like that does it work full of good questions shambhavi uh, it's so funny because you know the conditioning that we have about perceived mental health issues is so deeply ingrained that marshall goldsmith is able to clearly tell you look if you say that andy murray has a coach will you say oh my god he has a coach what's wrong with him no you say obviously he has a coach that's why he's winning you know <laughs> but when it comes to our personal and professional lives having a coach becomes something that's a stigma it's like there's something wrong with me that's why i have a coach so i have clients very surprisingly you will say please don't please don't let anyone know i'm your client please don't let anyone know that i'm getting coached this client you will be surprised to know when he got through the process and realized how much he was unnecessarily suffering because he was suffering from severe migraines and actually was going to do an mri after a session and i told him your mri will be clear there's nothing wrong with you physically it's the burden of this negative energy and uh, you know negative beliefs that you're carrying and soon as we cleared it his headache stopped so he told me i give you full permission to use me as a case study i'm a member of the anlp the association of nlp practitioners of the international body and i even put this up as a case study there because he realized there are so many people who be su- suffering like him, him. Yes, and he yes. said you know so it's i realize it's not my fault and i shouldn't be ashamed and but if my story can help someone else reach out and get the help that they need then please do and i'm really happy to see some of the clients who initially told me to keep it a confidential are now by themselves letting people know that they're being coached because they're seeing that they weren't being fixed they were just being given the power to level up you know and uh, if you play games you know that you need to take all the tools and extra resources you can get in order to go up to the next level so right so you did mention that you help people level up uh, entrepreneurs and tell me more about that part of your work and about do you do group sessions and for companies what kind of uh, how does it happen what does the work yes, look like yes i do work on a one to one basis and uh, as uh, groups as well so uh, basically you know um, when someone comes to me asking about coaching i always tell them you know we are at a certain level and when we are bang in the middle of that level we are not even aware that there's an edge to it or that it comes to an end so we're comfortable there but when you've exhausted that level you know there's something more you don't know how to get there so i always tell them if you come and ask about coaching it means you're at that point where you're ready, ready to it. level up you know 
so uh, that's why i don't believe in just cold calling or just selling coaching to people because if they are not ready for it it's it's just not going to be any use and um so so when you're ready to level up it will be either for your profession or personally right sometimes like this client's case they are interwoven you think it's all about your career but there's something on the personal side which is holding you back because a negative belief about yourself will affect you professionally as well so i work with executives because uh i have worked with them extensively over the past 12 years and you know i have a, a good uh, rapport and good uh, read on on handling them so Uh, I work with executives and potential leaders as well. People who, um, you know, we promote people people based on their technical skills. So they go up the ranks very quickly if they're good at their job. But nobody is supporting the corresponding leadership and managerial skills that they need. So you suddenly have someone who's heading a team, and he or she has the fear of public speaking. uh they don't know what to do with these 20 people who are looking at them they don't know how to convert the strategy that's been given to them down at a level they can they don't know how to engage these people so i work with groups for that and on an individual level and i work with entrepreneurs as well uh so two questions for you do you have a coach for yourself and the second question that if you had not worked in the corporate area and whatever content writing and journalism whatever you did before you became a coach uh, would you have been able to give the same kind of service i mean i know you said you're an empathetic person but would you have been mm. able to understand people the same way if you had not gone through this whole journey of the corporate life uh i believe i would um maybe i wouldn't have gone into executive coaching maybe i would have chosen a, a, another and there are so many different streams of coaching which is why when people ask me if i'm a life coach i say no because mm-hmm. that's not what i am i do work with uh, uh, executives so yeah it could have led possibly to a different thing but again like i said your purpose is your purpose and you're going to come at it from any different direction but you're going to land up there and and the thing about finding your purpose is that it makes it easy to make choices you know once you decide what you are in this world for and what you need to achieve which leads me to legacy and i have people who say i'm only in my 30s isn't it too early to be thinking about legacy and i'm so tempted to say and where do you have that written thing that you you have like another 40 years <laughs> you know? so so legacy is something you build along the way right from the time you're young i wish we could teach young children in school yeah. about it what would you want people to remember you as what would you want to live on after you that will make all your decision making so easy does this feed into that yes no you know it's as simple as that so i think one of your uh, skills is also hypnotherapy is that right yes and it is oh, very honestly it scares me do you do it on <laughs> Yeah, you do know you, when I it, but, but, oh my god <laughs> the thing is it, I, I have moved from solid corporate communication which everyone can relate to to what is for a lot of people in the woo woo zone you know so <laughs> i remember let uh, me let me just tell you uh, this hypnotherapy always reminds me of the that funny movie of in malayalam kochan anifa and kalpana <laughs> Everyone has, you know, <laughs> and and if if you grew up reading Mandrake comics, 
yes you know i look into my eyes look into my eyes and and when i did my hypnotherapy i remember my friends would be like don't look at me you're looking at me for too long don't look i'm like oh for god's sake one hypnotherapy is is a actual form of treatment it is not stage hypnosis stage hypnosis is when you know the the hypnotist not hypnotherapist the hypnotist brings you up on stage makes you moo like a cow or quack like a duck or do something you know uh that's entirely different this is actually a form of therapy we use it to break addictions and phobias and overcome negative beliefs and behaviors <clears throat> excuse me so the main thing to know is hypnosis cannot happen without your consent when i say the subconscious is so powerful it it's only job is protecting you right so if something is being insidiously put in without your permission it will be rejected that's one two i cannot program you to do anything that goes against your core values the, you, i can't because that's again behind a firewall so if you're scared that i will hypnotize you and then make you go and steal some money or some i can't and three you are not unconscious you are not unconscious during the hypnotherapy process you are in fact very conscious you might <clears throat> go into a trance state and in fact trance states it sounds again like something you do in an ashram <laughs> or you know you do whatever but yeah. you know when you're driving the yes. same route you drive every day yes. you get in the car next thing you know you've reached your destination true you were in a trance it's when the conscious brain shuts off that's all it is so we go into trance many times during the day and we don't know it's called trance so we're fine with it but when we say it's a hypnotic trance then you get nervous so uh so whatever is done under hypnosis has to be done with your permission and your cooperation which is why when i have clients who come and say i want to stop smoking but they don't really want to then we have to do coaching first to get them to the point where they know why they don't want to let it go what is it and then we go into the hypnotherapy so i hope that calms your yeah, mind yeah, a bit of course <laughs> of course uh, so my series is actually called marketing magic and industry insights and uh, usually uh, you know so i we've started the, with a lot of industry insights today and you i think revealed the whole world of what coaching should mean and for people to understand and my audience is uh, mixed entrepreneurs or they could be the community people that i interact with or they could be students who are looking for different uh, Mm. insights from this session and uh, so let us just focus a little bit about the marketing magic part and oh. uh, we said about the website i saw you have a very nice website uh, tell me what do you use your website for so people feel more comfortable if they can go to a place where they can read about you you know so insta facebook twitter it's where people go it's where they get to know about you but again there is this belief that it's it's the glamorous side of you and you know to get the meat and bones about you they've got to go to a website so uh and since i have so many offerings i thought a website would be uh, the sensible thing to do um and also people find my website and then come to me so you know if you use seo right then you are going to attract the right people so uh i have made sure that that my website does have uh proper seo 
Um, I'm, I have to confess that I haven't done much on the analytics part of it, especially over the past year and a half because of a lot of personal uh, uh, turbulence. My mom went into end-term dementia last year and then she passed away in August. And uh, earlier when we were talking, we, we briefly mentioned about giving ourselves permission not to, to not do everything. Yes. And uh, <laughs> that was my biggest takeaway from that whole experience that, you know, th there was the tension of last year being a really crap year for entrepreneurs and for people in my field where people were hanging on to their money. They want to know what they need to do. They want to know where to take their lives, but they don't want to pay for it. So it was business wise, a really bad year. And then personally, there was this and the stress of it actually was making me physically sick. So then I had to take a call and coach myself and say, okay, listen, what are your options here? And what's your priority? I said, look, clearly I have a limited time with my mom. So I'm going to put work on hold. I'm just pressing pause there and I'm just going to take this time. And then after she passed away, I needed time to just grieve and get over it. And I did not want the added pressure of trying to keep running my business. So I just, uh, and that's what I tell people when they say, you know, I'm going through a lot and I can't, and I find I'm not able to work on my business because I'm caught up in personal. I say, you know, the, the differentiator, all that will you need to make you feel okay with it is giving yourself permission. That's all. It's the same situation, but you're making it a choice. It's not, you're not a victim. Oh my God, I can't handle all this. You're saying I'm choosing not to handle all nice. this. So, so uh, yeah, so analytics. So, yeah, <laughs> no, that's fine. Websites, as you know, no, websites are, they add credibility and they are always work in progress. But yours yeah. is progressed very well. So unless you had given me this background, <laughs> I wouldn't have been able to. Thank test. you so much. Because, I'm actually yeah. working on restructuring it now just so to from the front end. It. Yeah, from the front end, it's fine. Like, uh, so I keep telling people this, that you're paying for the website. So at least do something with it rather than just keep spending money on it and not work yes. on it at all. Yes. So yes. that is one part of it. Then uh, you yourself mentioned Facebook and uh, Instagram, right? So um, how often do you post and do you post this content? yourself uh, yeah, what, do you, I, what are you I, searching for when you post on okay okay uh, I'm, I'm talking about Facebook uh, I, and Insta if you want to okay. differentiate and tell me that's fine or if you want to combine that's also okay okay Facebook honestly is a zero lead platform for me it's just there for visibility and I always say if I want to get a few compliments from some random guys oh looking pretty <laughs> Facebook. <laughs> I keep telling my husband that the older I get, Facebook's very good for the ego. <laughs> but uh, and Insta also, it's like you get to engage with people who are peers or you know might be interested. But it's not really a business lead uh, platform for me. Uh, so I try to tend to do as I would like to be done. So I really hate when. I don't like watching too many videos and I don't like being bombarded with content. So I chose not to do that. 
And yeah, I, I was going to ask you, have you done live sessions or, you know, have you done? I have, uh, no, I haven't done lives, but I do speak on panels and, and I have done videos, but I haven't done live. That's one of the, I think in the group that we're on, you have asked come September, what will I do? I, <laughs> yes, I, I <laughs> think doing a live is on it because I have been shying away from that. Um, but uh, so I don't like to put out content that isn't my own. Uh, you know, and and uh, when I say something, it's because I really want to say it. And I found that when people give me feedback on my uh, social media, they always say you have very nice content. So I'm fine with that. Uh, I should become more regular again. I do know that, and and that's what I'm working on now. Uh, the ch the platform that does give me these is LinkedIn. And so LinkedIn, I engage with in an entirely different way. Uh, I do post most of the same content because again, like I said, it's only quality content when I post it, but I do engage with other people's posts. I do, uh, uh, and it's what I keep telling my students, uh, I should be charging your parents for free coaching along with your degree <laughs> because I give them some coaching in every class and finally they'd be like, ma'am, I'm going for a job interview. What do I do? <laughs> so. Um, I should tell you, you're a brand. You are a brand, you know, and uh, you have to make sure that everything that you put out into the world feeds into your brand. Because at the end of the day, uh, we are digital entities, you know. XYZ knows you only because of what they see online. So LinkedIn, I like to support other people by liking their posts, uh, by commenting so that, you know, this dreadful algorithm picks it up a bit uh, and um, I tend to accept almost all friend requests again I know there are a lot of people who feel strongly about this uh, but in my thinking a lot of them who, who are asked to be friends are people looking for jobs and if I don't lose anything right if somebody connects to my network and gets that visibility which might result in them getting a job that's just good karma for me. So, uh, so I tend to accept uh, people who I know are going to harass me about redoing my website or marketing for me. Yeah. Or getting... I know you get them all the time. <laughs> so, so I somehow have yeah. a sixth sense and I, I decline those. But otherwise I accept. Well, you're, you're better at it because I actually accept it. And then the minute the auto, um, uh, no, auto message comes in, I say very sad that you uh, link with me only for this. Yeah, with I'm no etiquette. Me too with it as soon as yeah. you accept it. No, I, and I make it a point to tell them I'm very sad. <laughs> you made me sad that, today. That's another thing I told my, my students. Do not ever, ever just go to LinkedIn, connect with someone and then say hi. Yeah. I told them it's, it's the equivalent of a real life stalker. Somebody just saying hi and keeping quiet is very creepy. So please put together proper message, introduce yourself why you want to connect with them and then start your conversation. Do not do this. So talking about LinkedIn strategies, do you have a Coach Bina page? Yes, yes, I, yes, I you do. do. Okay. Uh, uh, but uh, the way LinkedIn is structured, it's the business pages aren't really uh, built to be maximized. You can't invite people. You can't, you know, share your link and tell people to follow you. So uh, I find I use my personal one more. I do 
you know, put the same post up there. And sometimes I put it there and then share it through my personal one because this is the one that's going to get the visibility. Right. No, so we'll talk more about that on how you could be working on the page because there are uh, success stories and people do make. And again, it's all about the content. And it's probably that you need to put uh, put it out there and here till, you know, people start uh, realizing. But yes, well, but yeah. LinkedIn pages does well. There, there is good analytics that LinkedIn pages does very well. Yes. And yeah. uh, so, so that is. Uh, so we've uh, spoken about uh, Facebook, Insta, LinkedIn. Tell me about Twitter. Twitter is absolutely uh, so far. I think I got one good lead out of it in four years. Uh, do you tweet? Do you tweet? I do. I do tweet. regularly. And, regularly. Uh, you know, whatever I post, I post across all channels in whichever format is best suited to each of those. Uh, I personally love Twitter the most out of all of them because I, it's just good content there versus and to the point. It's, <laughs> to, the it's point. to the point, and you know, I've the people I've followed and and uh, uh, the institutions that I follow. It's just really good. Uh, and I find that the support of the Twitterverse is so much better than in Facebook. There a lot. Uh, my daughters tell me that I am in some very perfect uh, uh, level of Twitter because that's not what everyone else says. Yeah, yeah I know. But I would. <laughs> I, I should ask you some more tips and tricks on what to do on Twitter. Yeah, I, I just yeah. find that they're so supportive and very few trolls. So uh, very, that's that's great to hear. Very nice. <laughs> and and you blog. Do you blog? No, I, I used to and then I stopped. So uh, I think it came with my getting super saturated of my job. So writing was a key part of it. And I think uh, I just said I'll take a break from this writing for writing sake because <laughs> I have written all my life. So I think uh, at that point, I just decided I'm just going to stop for some time. Uh, so Anytime soon, are we expecting a book or have you, are you already a published author? Uh, I have a little booklet that I published with my thoughts on, I used to drive uh, like 100 kilometers a day when I worked in, in Media City. So uh, on the way, I used to just, you know, to keep my mind, keep from road rage or falling asleep. I used to just, uh, everyone teases me about being able to see life lessons in everything. Uh, but you know, I just process everything that I'm going through and it would come together in sort of a blog post in my head. So I used to just share it verbally with my friends and family. And then they just said, you know, why don't you just put these down? And um, when we meet, I'll give you a copy of it. Please, please. So it's basically my thoughts on the road, but it, it's a sort of kaleidoscope, you know, because every time you read it at a different point in your life, you read something else into those. So I have that and I am working on a, a, a book. It's um, a work in progress, but definitely yes. We look forward to that. What about a podcast, Bina? Uh, I have a series called Power Bites. Actually, we mm -hmm. finished two seasons mm -hmm. and I Again, I have been told I should convert that to podcast, so I'm in the process of doing that. So I will have two seasons of Power Bites, which is basically uh, conversations with captains of industry. So I had the privilege of having my ex-CEO, Sultan, 
Uh, I've had the Dean of uh, the College of Fine Arts and Design in Sharjah University, Professor Nadia. I've had Rana Nawaz, I've had Sana Azam, you know, uh, I've had my friend Balkis who started her own bakery, Emirati, who's just left the corporate world and started. So, you know, I have a range of people who just share how they found what their passion is and then what they did to just step out there and do it. So it's a really interesting series. I do hope you will see it and I will let you know when the podcast is ready. Please, please do. That would be really very nice. And uh, uh, do you have a YouTube uh, channel which you... Yes, yes, I do. It's also surprisingly called YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) Please, please do share all the uh, links with me so that I can post it in the description and people can see how you are handling or how you change the content and what. So um, I told you before that I'm looking at um, entrepreneurs and uh, students as my audience. Uh, so tell me that what is uh, that thing which you would have done when you started as an entrepreneur and which you continue doing and what is that one thing which you would change about the way you worked around with things? Okay. If there is anything which you would change. Uh, the one thing that I it did was be clear about why I'm doing this and I find that is so important because when you hit the bumps and when things get really difficult because they will get difficult uh, knowing your why and uh, remembering the reason that you started on this journey is the only thing that will get you to continue when you lose sight of that then whatever's immediately around you becomes stronger and you can give up what I would uh, not do is maybe uh, take so long to start um, networking. Because, you know, being in the corporate world, you tend to just be within your your own uh, sphere, right? You don't have opportunities also, honestly, to network, uh, cross-platform networking, as it were. And so I would tell anyone who is already in a, in a job and is planning to st- become an entrepreneur, start building those connections early while you're on your current job. You know, get, connect with people who you could then work with or who might support you or just be your brand ambassador when you take the leap. So never too early to start networking. Right. So entrepreneurs usually have a big challenge of succession planning, right? So. Coach Bina, are you training somebody? Uh, do you have someone who you think will be very good successors to carry this uh, legacy that you are creating? Uh, very honestly, I haven't. Uh, but it is, I'm really blessed to have completely in-house talent because uh, my daughter is a film graduate. My husband teaches broadcast media at Sharjah University. Uh, and uh, <laughs> You know, uh, they between them, they the beautiful website that you saw was done, and my my Power Bites is produced professionally by them because that's what they do for a living. So, and I'm a content writer, so I was able to write my own content. So <laughs> keep it in the family. <laughs> really blessed, yeah. And my younger one is is a, a composer, and so if we need music on demand, she can compose it. So, so we're very lucky in that. Uh, my girls are, you know, they keep saying we're unofficial coaches because say whether yeah. we like it or not, we're getting coached. So I don't know because both their parts are different. But I do plan to um, uh, partner with more people, you know, to build it up into 
a community of coaches sometime in the future so um perhaps that will lead to a better succession plan honestly as of now shambhavi i don't have one okay great so something to think about uh, yep. for, for no it it has been thought about but uh, no solution that really makes sense to me at the moment so uh, i think like you know usually they say that when uh, you're ready for the spiritual transformation the it, it the come. guru arrives so i think in yes. the same way uh, we, we, i have to say this that probably when the people are ready the coach arrives is uh, yes. <laughs> is what will happen absolutely like there are no coincidences yes so tell me some uh, mantra that you live by or something which keeps you you know going and pepped up some kind of any quote or your own quote or any other quote which you follow your life by any the best the best is yet to be thank you great fantastic so, uh, alongside this too shall pass <laughs> yes <laughs> very very good uh, um, philosophies to go by and um, on this wonderful note we'll finish the session bina was there something you thought i would ask you and i didn't um uh, speaking to a marketing guru i was really scared you'd grill me a little more on the <laughs> metrics of marketing i'm no, so no. relieved you did no, no. <laughs> uh, yeah tell me what is the book that you're reading right now or that a book that you would recommend to people to read at any point um screw business as usual richard branson Uh sadly his uh, personal choices and his behavior have let me down a lot in the in the recent past but that book really was inspiring because just based purely on what he's put down there it is the concept of uh you know doing business with a conscience and you know when you build your business you're building someone else as well so i i will just ignore the man and all that he's doing and look, just <laughs> look at the book <laughs> i think i think there are many people like that where you just read the book but since you brought this up and you are an english uh, uh, like background your masters in english and um, uh, my mother is one and mm-hmm. tell me something how comfortable do you feel when you have these kind of words because now there are a lot of books which are being written with these words which are unparliamentary which, which would have yeah, been considered yeah, unparliamentary yeah, yeah. and they are used as titles of books is it just something to grab attention or is it okay to use such language in conversation and in writing what is your thought on that uh see i think the world has changed so much that i mean the there are words that i didn't use till i was grown up and married and everything you know i would i would say the f word till i was like i think 23 and everyone used to be in splits about it. i could could not bring myself to say it but you know you, you things change the people we are addressing change uh now for the younger people even people our age now it's a lot more common to just you know these part, words are part of the vocabulary at the end of the day communication is all about the receiver of the communication right so whether i find it suitable or not if it's going to resonate with them then i do see some level of justification uh that said if it's just blatantly being used to be like you said uh clickbait you know kind of thing i i i think that's cheap and it's going to um 
it's going to backfire on them because people will see that and uh, you're straight away discredited before they've even given your book a chance right so i think it's a matter of using your uh just just carefully assessing the situation and seeing what is the best approach right thank you so much for that bina for spending so much time with me and um, i look forward to tracking your uh, website and finding out more from you in our next session and um, we'll stay connected offline thank you for your time here thank you and so much and hearing someone like you say my website is really good you made my day thanks again shambhavi <laughs> best best day. wishes to you best wishes to you and to the family who is supporting uh, coach bina thanks yes. and bye for thanks. now Bye bye. bye.